People always say, I have no idea where to buy crypto. Then when you try and ask somebody, you get five different answers. So where the hell do you buy crypto? Well, you're about to find out. All right, everybody, I'd like to welcome you to The New Normal, a podcast where every Tuesday we break down complex crypto topics so that anybody can understand. I'm your host, Austin, a.k.a. Mac and Cheesy, and alongside me we have Jesse, a full-stack developer who has previously worked at some of the biggest tech companies in the world and is currently building out the crypto ecosystem. This is a brand new show, so it would really help us if you could spread the word. So subscribe to this channel, like this video, and maybe even share this episode with a friend. On today's episode, we're going to break down different ways you can buy and sell crypto and what each one is best for and maybe the one that you should use. Uh, Jesse and I, this is something that we always juggle like, okay, how do we buy a certain cryptocurrency? How do we get Solana? We've been asking about it. We've been having little conversations about this. So this is a question that comes up between the two of us all the time. Um, so I, I hope you enjoyed kind of doing some research on this one. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I've I've used probably at least ten different exchanges, especially back in 2017 when I was chasing all the the oh. ICO coins. Uh, half of those don't I can't even access them anymore. They're banned here in the U.S. Um, mm. So it's kind of a crazy world out there when it comes to exchanges. Oh, the exchange world is. Um, we're not going to get into it today, but the Mount Gox uh, fiasco way back when. I mean, that's a that's a story in its own right. Um, and the crypto world, yeah, it's seen since 2017, you know, that's four years. Uh, we're filming this in 2021. That's the the exchange world has seen so much improvement from a, a user side. And, the, and since that has happened, and there's so many different places that you see, and I open with it, but there's a million different ways to skin this cat, to buy this cryptocurrency. And I think a lot of people, they're somewhat hesitant to get into crypto because they're like, where the hell do I start? Like, I can buy it here. I can buy it here. Wh which one's the best one? And so we're going to uncover that today. We're going to go in. We're going to dive all the way in there. And I think a great place for us to start is the different types of places to buy. What, what, where are the, what are the different types of things that you can get into? Yeah, there's really a lot of categories of choices, surprisingly. Um, and so, yeah, let's just dive in. Um, so the first and sort of the most obvious one is, is what are called crypto exchanges. These are um, basically crypto banks, companies that, that offer services where you can uh, deposit your U.S. dollars and buy cryptocurrencies. These are companies like Coinbase, Gemini, um, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and these are kind of the, the Coinbase and, Gem and Gemini, really the most too well known and 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 widely available here in the United States. Um, you can access these apps in all uh, all states. There's no restrictions or anything like that. And so these are these are really good um, beginner um, options. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the next type of choice is what I think of more as like a trading kind of exchange um, where. They have it's a, the, the user experience is a little more complicated, but you get a lot more bells and whistles, especially if you're someone who likes doing trading and things like that. And so that would be like a Binance, uh, an FTX, which they just did a massive raise, I think, at an $18 billion valuation. Uh, FTX is a name that I think a lot of people are going to start hearing. And you, you people of the names you just said, you know, we've heard them. Coinbase, you probably... 
Um, you know, you can trade them, you can buy them and sell them on, you know, traditional equity market. But that FTX name, I think we're going to be hearing a lot more of them. Yeah, Mr. Sam, the CEO of FTX, is uh, an ambitious, very, very smart fella. Uh, and you definitely uh, want to follow him and, and see what he does with FTX and anything he touches, really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And those are those are kind of um, those the trading exchanges, the these more basic things like Coinbase, Gemini. And I've seen it. What about something like uh, Venmo or like Cash App? Yeah, yeah. So payment apps. Um, these are apps where you can pay back, pay your friends uh, when you go on weekend trips and stuff. So you have Cash App, PayPal. Uh, those are the, actually the two that really come to my mind in terms of um, places you can buy crypto. Um, mm -hmm. Cash App, just I'll note that they only have Bitcoin available. Um, uh, that's basically because their CEO, Jack Dorsey, is, a, is just a huge <laughs> Bitcoin, Bitcoin uh, fan. And we could call him a, a maxi. We could use the maxi word. I know. Yeah. I, I know it has some looks, negative yeah. connotation, but I think he's a maxi at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, for those who don't understand that, that term, anyone who is like all in on one cryptocurrency, uh, that like that, like, they just love one type of crypto and they sort of dis disregard the rest. They're, they're considered maximalists. Um, and so, yeah. And PayPal, uh, PayPal, when it first came out, you could only buy. Uh, you couldn't like withdraw your funds out of there. But they now have activated that, so so PayPal is cool by me. And actually, you can use PayPal to buy. Um, actually, I'll talk about that in a, in a little bit. But you can use PayPal to buy coins on other platforms too. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, then then the next choice is is a more complicated one. It's called a Dex, which is a decentralized exchange. Um, and this is diving into the world of DeFi on the Ethereum blockchain and, and some of the other blockchains out there. Um, we've mentioned this in previous episodes and we were kind of going over all the different categories. And these are great because they offer tons of different coins. So if you want to, if you're looking to buy a, a very low, a not well-known uh, ICO type coin or, or mm -hmm. whatnot, um, I'm trying to think one comes to my mind that, Universe.xyz? Yeah, actually, probably, yeah. Universe.xyz is a, it's an interesting decentralized NFT marketplace that's getting built. And yeah, you, you can probably only buy that on Uniswap or SushiSwap. Uh, these are examples of decentralized exchanges. Um, and that, that actually acts as um, something whereas you go to Binance or FTX, where it's a central entity that's facilitating these transactions, these decentralized exchanges basically just do it without a central entity. But as Jesse said, we kind of touched on that in a previous episode. Yeah, and that's definitely a little bit more advanced. So uh, be careful when you go go into those waters. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then the last option is, uh, it, this is more just for Bitcoin, but Bitcoin ATMs. Um, uh, you know, the incubator here, we're, we're we're friends with a an ATM company called Quickie Coin, and uh, yeah, they're really they're kind of neat. Like I don't if you've ever visited one, they're they're just fun to like. Whoa, this is cool! I can get Bitcoin right here in this little shop. Like that's awesome. It, yeah, it it operates very similar to a traditional ATM. Um, however, you give it cash, and it sends you Bitcoin, or you give it Bitcoin, and it gives you cash. Uh, this, you know, this is a an interesting way to buy Bitcoin and they're popping up across the country. If you haven't seen one yet, I think you'll probably see one 
within the next year or so. Um, one thing yeah, to note on this is it does have, you know, some high fees. Sorry, sorry, Quickie Coin, uh, but there are some high fees associated with the Bitcoin ATMs. Um, now, once you once you decide which type of exchange you want to use or which type of of platform you want to use to actually buy the Bitcoin, how can you buy the Bitcoin? How can you fund these transactions? Yeah, so there's different ways you can actually get your U.S. dollars or or other. Uh, forms of currency into these platforms. Um, and so the most supported one you're going to see out there is what's called a bank ACH. Um, this is a fancy term for basically you're going to connect your, let's say, account on Coinbase directly to your own personal bank. And you're going to have to type in credentials and uh, actually connect that. Now, don't worry, Coinbase, these websites, they're they're not saving your credentials. Uh, however, it is using a third party. I forget the name of the one that it typically uses. Um, some people don't really trust this kind of payment method. They, they think like, yeah, it's putting my security at risk. Like some third party mm -hmm. has got my credential, you know, getting my information. They know what I'm doing. Um, but this is generally what's the most recommended by these exchanges. And, and yeah. Uh, then your next option is a bank wire. This will cost you some money depending on your, per what bank you, uh, have. Um, Different banks will charge different amounts for a wire. Um, I, I wouldn't know how actually how to explain a wire per se. I, I do. Are you familiar actually with the like with the wire? Yeah. What is, process? Yeah. Like what is a wire even? <laughs> I, I just know it gets money from A to B pretty efficiently and in large sums. Let's just go with that. I don't think we need to dive in. <laughs> well, well, let's let's we'll we'll dive into the wires later. I don't want to bore the listeners yeah. with uh with the details on that. I could go for years on how a wire works, but I, we don't need to worry them with that those details. It basically yeah. yeah just sends sends money um to and from bank accounts. Yep, yep, and it's typically a way a way to move higher amounts. Um, and almost all banks support this type of transfer. Whereas mm -hmm. not all support like an ACH type thing. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the next method would be actually PayPal, like we mentioned earlier. But instead of buying the crypto on PayPal, you're using your PayPal account to pay for crypto on other sites. So Coinbase, I know, supports this. I'm not sure of too many others that do, but I know, yeah, Coinbase. You'll if you don't if you're not comfortable with ACH or Bankwire, pay, PayPal is a great option for buying your crypto mm -hmm. uh, on Coinbase. Uh, and the last two. Ones are important to mention here, debit card and credit card. Um, so generally, sites are not too into supporting these anymore. Um, debit card, I think most of the sites will do, uh, exchanges do support debit card, but they're going to charge you uh, a big fee to do that, um, about 4%, I think, for Coinbase. Uh, so this is not your best option, especially the debit card is effectively the same thing as your bank ACH and PayPal. Mm -hmm. uh, and then credit card, you know, I, I know people like getting points and, and, and you know, maybe deferring uh, the payment of, the, of what they bought. But exchanges really go, uh, try to avoid this uh, because, yeah, there's a lot of fraud involved. I where, can see why they, they don't want to do that. Yeah, you're basically buying money with money, like with a credit card. And so you can see where that can go wrong because you can then sell. You could buy mm -hmm. Bitcoin or you can buy basically us dollars and put that back into your pocket and do stuff with it and then never pay your credit card you know you could 
just a lot of bad let, things can let happen. The, let the brain run wild there. I'm already thinking about those credit cards that have a 0% interest on the first year. I'm already, the mind's already running. I'm going to start looking for an exchange that allows me to use a credit <laughs> card. But anyway. Yeah. Actually, I do. The only, the, the only one I'm familiar with, I believe, is, and it's not really exchange, it's uh, crypto.com. I think they do uh -huh. allow credit card purchases. Um, I don't think they're a United States based company. I think they're Singapore based. Yeah, that makes sense. So anyone who's in the United States is really not offering these types of things anymore. Uh, you mm -hmm. actually, credit card, I think, was like how I was buying back in 2017. Um, and so, but I think they've, that they've smartened up a little bit. Yeah, they got defrauded a few too many times. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we, we have the ways to pay for it. And we have these different types of places to buy. Now, great. We just, we just presented all this information and I'm listening and I'm like, okay, brain overload. Where the hell should I buy now? I, I don't, you haven't helped me quite yet. I need some answers here. So how do you decide or how do you compare these different choices? Yeah, and don't worry, we're going to give you our recommendation. Um, <laughs> but, but before we do that, I'm going to try to teach you how to fish. Um, so the, the, there's a handful of different factors you want to look at. Um, and generally, yeah, so, so right off the bat, fees. Fees are a big one. Um, what is the exchange or site going to charge you uh, percentage-wise to, to allow you to buy that Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever? Mm -hmm. um, your Coinbase's, your Gemini's, they do charge, I think, like a 1.5% base fee. And then, like, when you're doing small transactions, they're going to hit you with other fixed fees on top of that. And so, to be honest, that's how Coinbase and Gemini, the, these exchanges, that's what they build their whole businesses around, these fees. They are mm -hmm. raking in cash off of these fees. And so... Um, they may not be the best option if you are buying a lot of crypto or um, or you just want to you're more savvy and you want to be able to avoid these types of fees. Um, but fees are obviously a big part of it. And you usually you have to just Google like Coinbase fees or Coinbase mm -hmm. or Cash App fees. And, and generally something will come up in the Google search, uh, like a, a documentation on, on to, so you could read more about their fee mm -hmm. table or schedule to call it a fee schedule is sometimes the phrase you'll hear. Mm -hmm. And on just to add on that, fees can change. Fees are subject to change because these are platforms. You know, they're they're not necessarily these decentralized entities. So, um, to Jesse had mentioned, teach you how to fish. Um, this 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 tutorial or this podcast, this episode is about learning the ways and the steps. So, if the fees do change, you know, maybe the recommendation goes from one exchange to another in the future when you're listening to this. Exactly. And, and, and also you can see the fee, like you can like go into Coinbase and preview your purchase. You could like type in, I want to buy, you know, 0.1 Ethereum and it'll show you how much that'll cost. And then it'll show you how much fees that will cost you too. And so you can kind of get an idea and you can do a quick mm -hmm. calculation, um, just dividing the amount you're going to buy by the amount the fees are. And you kind of see how much percentage they're charging you. Mm -hmm. um, and so generally, you don't want to be paying much over 3% because then at that point, it's it's a little excessive. Um, okay, next factor. Is it easy to use? Like, you know, it's crypto scary. Uh, we want a nice app and a website that's just easy for us to use, right? Um, and so your Coinbase's and Gemini's are really geared towards just easy, mm -hmm. simple, very clean looking UIs, uh, user interfaces. That's what a UI is. 
Um, this is just the website itself. Um, so that you can get get what you want and get get it done, and, and and you know you don't get paralyzed by it being so complicated. Yep. Uh, and then the next big question actually is, does it have the coin I want? Um, so Coinbase and Gemini and these are they're very selective about what they will offer because when they offer to sell these coins, they have to hold them themselves. And and so <laughs> if they're not comfortable holding a specific type of coin, they're not going to add that yeah. to their exchange. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of politics involved there, too. But For yeah, sure. so if so if Coinbase doesn't have your coin, well, you're going to have to go somewhere else. And so Binance is one of your top options. Usually uh, they have a, a wider array of coin choices. FTX, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm FTX was the main place you could buy Solana for the longest time. Um, and so these are these are great other options. And, and then if you really can't find it, you could go venturing off into de- a DEX or you could even go to your KuCoins, your, your more your offshore type exchanges, what I call, um, yep. where they're operated out of other countries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... I would say the last one to really think about is reputation. You know, like you're buying these coins on there. You're likely storing your coins on there. Um, you know, you don't want to be buying uh, your crypto on a Mt. Gox. <laughs> no, you uh, don't. Uh, and, and yeah, as I referenced We might that, as well touch on that. So Mt. Gox, you, you may know it better than I, but it, it basically, it went to shit. It was an, an exchange, a, a service, and it, and then it got your, hacked. They it got, got hacked. Yeah. yeah, they got hacked. That I mean, that's effectively what happened is they someone hacked and drained all their Bitcoin. And so you were holding your Bitcoin there, but they were holding it in their own wallets and then they they their own wallets were hacked. Now, fear not, like companies like Coinbase, Gemini, these really quality ones, they are storing majority of your coins in what's called cold storage, which is a much safer offline way to protect it. And then anything that's, hot quote unquote uh it basically it's ready to be bought and sold they have a lot of insurance behind that you know these mm-hmm. coinbase does like billions of dollars of transactions worth you know so they have tons of insurance and lots of protections around this now mm-hmm. it's not bulletproof but generally the only way you're going to lose your money on coinbase is if it's your own fault and you didn't have security set up properly things like that it's generally not going to be coinbase's fault yep yep um, now what what's uh what's the incubator's recommendation? Where where do we recommend people going? Yeah, um, so my personal place that I I use the most and I and I enjoy the most is Coinbase Pro, which we haven't really touched on. And so Coinbase Pro is like um, a sibling to Coinbase, but it has way cheaper fees. And so while buy 100, bu- 100 bucks of Bitcoin on Coinbase, I think you're going to pay like 1.5 to 2% in fees. On Coinbase Pro, you're only going to buy, you're only going to spend about 0.5% of the fees. So you're getting a four four times lower number um, on the fees there. And so, yeah, on $100, uh, what's the math there? So 2, 2% would be you're paying $2 on a $100 purchase, whereas on Coinbase Pro, you're paying 50 cents. So, you know, it doesn't feel like such a big deal, right? Two Like $1.50, who cares? Mm-hmm. But if you're making larger purchases, like a thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars, those you know you're going to multiply <laughs> those those fees will jump up rather quickly. Um, and mm-hmm. so instead of paying two dollars versus fifty cents, you're paying 
$200 versus $50, right? And mm -hmm. I think we all would like to have that $150 back in our pocket. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I me, I also use Coinbase Pro. Uh, this is a service that when I found out, I was reading a Reddit forum and I was still using Coinbase. And I was reading this Reddit forum and someone was like, yo, why don't you use Coinbase Pro? And I was like, Coinbase Pro? What the hell is Coinbase Pro? I looked it up and I found Coinbase Pro. And effectively, we touched on this. It's a business for Coinbase to make money on these fees. They basically don't want you to know about Coinbase Pro. They want you to use Coinbase, pay these hefty fees, and pretend like Coinbase Pro never exists. But thank, thankfully for us, we're telling you about Coinbase Pro, and you can save you know, two-thirds of the fees just by leveraging this product. Um, and no, Coinbase Pro is not a sponsor of this podcast, although if you know anybody, feel free to send them our information. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's one thing that we we use. What about places that you really should stay away from? Well, just one second before we move on, I do want to touch on um, that when you're using Coinbase Pro, it's like it's like Austin said, it's hard to find, and so mm -hmm. you got to go to pro.coinbase.com. And we're actually gonna we're gonna put a uh, put out a little tutorial on how to actually purchase your. Um, mm -hmm. coins on Coinbase Pro because it is complicated. Like the U UI is a little more complex. Um, so that'll be linked down in the description. Um, For sure. And, but the one call out is that when you're putting your money into Coinbase, like how do you get your money into Coinbase Pro? You can actually transfer your funds back and forth between coin regular Coinbase and Coinbase Pro. Mm -hmm. um, it's actually quite simple in the UI. We'll, we'll show how to do that. Yep. We'll show that in the tutorial. So yeah, so that's kind of something. So what are some places that somebody should uh, really never buy crypto on? Yeah, uh, there are just some exchanges out there I would ne personally never touch. And these are Robinhood and Webull uh, are two of the top examples here. And so why is this? They don't allow you to withdraw your funds. And what this means is you can't take, you can't buy, uh, like say if you buy some Ethereum on Robinhood and then you decide, oh, I would love to, to buy an NFT that I've been hearing about. Like, oh, everyone in the Discord keeps talking about it. <laughs> You're not going to be able to buy that NFT because you can't take your Ethereum out of Robinhood and into your own wallet app like MetaMask. And so this is, um, you know, while maybe you think, oh, I will never need to do that, blah, blah, blah. You, you just... You just never know, right? Like maybe you'll become mm -hmm. interested and and you completely lose the option to do this. And that is not great. And so you should always keep your options open, right? We that's I think really important. And so Robinhood, Webull, thumbs down from me. Thumb that's gonna be a thumbs down. You don't you don't own you don't have this freedom to do things. And as you get more and more engulfed in the crypto world, you're gonna realize you want access to these cryptocurrencies. They're not just assets that go up and down in price it's more than that you, you come for the money you stay for the technology it's a saying that you hear across crypto as a whole so stay away from those crypto exchanges and you know okay so we have an idea of where to buy it um what are the pros and cons of some of these products and something with using these th these products is there's a security risk associated with them. We touched on Mt. Gox getting hacked. We touched on, you know, if somebody gets access to your Coinbase account. Uh, do you want to elaborate a little bit on some of the security that you have to keep in mind when you're selecting an exchange? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the biggest risk when you're using an exchange security wise is yourself. Um, and so what does that mean? So that means using a good, very unique password. Don't use uh, your name, one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> or that password you use on every single other app. Uh, that's really <laughs> very simple. Um, you may think, oh, you know, I'm nobody. No one would come after me, but you just never know. Like maybe you made a really good purchase of a current coin and it went up a lot. And, you know, you're mm -hmm. who knows? People, people can find you if they want to. And so it's better to use a unique password. Um, I personally, and I know Austin does too, we use what's called a password manager to store our passwords so that we can make them more unique and it's harder to, yeah, <laughs> crack them. Uh, and then the second most important thing here is setting up two-factor authentication. Um, this will ensure that, hey, if someone does get your password, they also would need your phone to get into the app. And so that's huge, right? There's a second way to protect yourself. Um, now, generally, SMS, like text messages, is a fine way to do um, two, F, two F factor off. But if you really want to be, um, if you think security is really important to you and you maybe you're purchasing larger amounts and storing larger amounts, I would f firmly recommend that you use Google Authenticator app um, because even... Uh, your phone number could be attacked, right? Like uh, someone could, it's called a swim, a SIM swap attack. Uh, generally pretty complicated uh, <laughs> type of attack on someone, but basically your, your phone number could be put onto another phone uh, uh, without you knowing. And uh, yeah, this has happened to lots of high, plenty of people out there. Uh, generally people with higher profile um, accounts and, and visibility, like they're more public figures. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's it's a it's a risk. So Google Authenticator app is is generally a safer approach there. Mm -hmm. And now that yeah, that Authenticator it's like a basically like a four digit number or a six digit number six. that change yeah. six digit number that changes every 10, 15 seconds, and you have to have access to it. So if you just have access to the number, good luck. You have access for fifteen seconds. Can you know? go have at it. It's it's easier said than done. Um, yeah. So this this touches on security. I, I mean, we touched on a lot here in, in today's episode. And this, this was um, a pretty concrete episode in terms of what you can take away from it. And I think some of the major takeaways are the different places to buy. You have these exchanges that are pretty simple or straightforward user interface like Coinbase and Gemini. You have these more complex interfaces for a more advanced trader like Binance or FTX. Um, there's different ways you can actually fund these accounts. And yeah, it's, it's a matter of preference and learning and choosing the right one. From our end, we touched on it. We like using Coinbase Pro because of the fees associated as well as the, the simple user interface. Um, and now this is really the first step. You can learn all you want about crypto. But until you really have skin in the game, this is something we preach in the incubator is getting skin in the game, whatever that amount is, helps you learn and helps you find out more about it. So this is really, once you decide you want to buy, it's very important to decide how you're going to buy it. And hopefully this episode um, explain these things really so that anybody can understand it. And that's what we try and strive for with this podcast, you know. Uh, the new normal is all about explaining complex crypto topics so that really anybody can understand it. So if you've enjoyed this episode, I ask that you, you know, smash that like button, you hit subscribe and you share this, this video with somebody who has no idea how to buy crypto. And I think after they listen to this or watch it, they're going to be 
know a, a lot more than where they started. So thank you for watching. Um, we release new episodes every Tuesday. So we'll see you next week. And until then, keep incubating and let's keep it moving. Peace. I'm walking around in the circle of life.